Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your humble DM, Lauren, here to give you a brief recap before we dive into today's episode. Our heroes have returned to Waterdeep after triumphantly finishing their last mission. However, Waterdeep is in chaos. An army of kobolds, undead, and demons have invaded from the Undermountain and now control a sizable section of the city. The leader of this invasion is Veng Ashstalker, a kobold our heroes know from previous encounters, who now appears to have gained quite a lot of power. The party meet with Veng and convince him to parley for peace in an attempt to avoid further bloodshed. He agrees to meet them and the Black Staff of Waterdeep the next night at the Golden Rock Tavern and listen to what they have to offer. And now we join our game, already in progress. Uh, is there anything anybody would like to do between now and about a quarter of half hour to midnight when you're going to need to leave to go to where you're going? Attuned to items that we just got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do some attuning and some napping. Sure. Do your attuning and napping. It will not take long to get from the Amethyst Acropolis to the main city gates for the City of the Dead because of where the Amethyst Acropolis is located and where the City of the Dead is. They're basically about 10 minutes away. So unless there's anything else you want to do, you will be escorted out with a group of... It will be Arasic and nine of the archers that were in the room when you teleported in. Not the same group, but it looks like City Watch, who have been in the employ of the Watchful Order to help protect that entranceway into another part of the city. Because Jonathan, as you would know, teleportation circles can be dangerous things. As you get close to where the main gates to the City of the Dead are, he'll stop and cast Rary's Telepathic Bond. He will not spend 10 minutes as a ritual. He'll just cast it. And so as he does, all of you get... You're used to Jonathan's press here to accept this call in your head. But instead for Ras, what you get is this beautiful skyline, like at dusk, in multiple colors. And it looks as though you can fly off in one direction, just out into the ocean, or fly into another direction. And in that other direction, you see everybody else who has been invited to the call. I get it. Oh, wow. This is it. Upgraded bond service. I like what? this. <laughs> this is fancy. It's wireless. Travancore <laughs> <laughs> It's Jonathan. just a splash screen. Come on. It's just it's done in flash. It's nice. okay. <laughs> it's very nice. Bernie, Bernie's going to fly towards the people. You all are going to fly towards the people? Yeah. yeah. Uh, would Bucks like to be included in the call? Um, If there's room, then yes. Yeah, right now it's the four of you and Aras. So yeah, if he so, wants to yeah, be. Let's, uh, let's have Bucks in since he'll be. That'll give him the opportunity to speak and stay very far away. Okay. You all fly over to the group, accepting the call, and Aras nods at all of you. And then in your heads, you hear Aras say, I commissioned somebody to create that art a little while ago, and it's been something I've really liked for, for this kind of thing. It's fancy! 
Fancy. It's real nice. Now, you actually paid them. You just didn't give them exposure, right? This is exposure. No, commission means you actually pay for services. I oh, would okay, never... just making sure. No. It's... I'll have to get the name of this artist at some point. He was a fellow Aarakocra and Chult. I can definitely get you his information. We Please made do. a Chult. You have. I remember you going. He was the one who he sent, sent us. us. Yeah. I know, it was a while ago, though, so... I didn't mean for it to come <laughs> I didn't mean for it to come out like we're fucking morons. <laughs> no, I I know you didn't, and Aras will have said that. Aras will have said that in the in the fellow I know, I remember. That was cool. Like that <laughs> sentence. Okay. Bernie's also gonna have told Jonathan that she doesn't ever want to cast sending ever again. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jonathan the Magic Muscular understands. It's fine. I Jonathan the Magic Muscular can handle it. So after our long rest, we would have had time to reprep spells, right? Yes. Okay. I will let you reprep your spells as you see fit. I mean, she she told him after she went ahead and just cast that one to the wayside. She was like, "No, fuck this. I hate talking to people on the phone." <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I prefer texts. <laughs> yeah, phone calls suck. She prefers the sacred texts. Boom boom. I like it. Uh, for both of you preparing spells for the day uh and and also travancore you don't prepare but definitely long rest get them back for you you know this is going to kind of put your your circadian rhythms off a little bit and so you're going to have to be careful about the next time you have a long rest just as an fyi but you would all know that so as we're kind of like we're kind of planning you know uh bernie and jonathan kind of having a powwow jonathan kind of says well all right i'm not going to be hasting anyone there were reports of demons, so I'm going to have banishment handy. I'm also going to attune to that dagger instead of my pearl. Um, so, did you want the pearl? Oh. I don't know if you have room for it. You can, you know, we can only concentrate on so many things at once. But she quickly it... checks her thing, which she wrote some notes last time. Yeah, so you can be attuned up to, up to three things. So I think you've got three things now. Yeah. We didn't attune to, well, we, I mean, the ones we just got, we were just attuning to, so. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll say we can go back and retcon whatever you want to attune to. You have plenty of time. Yeah, Bernie's going to assume we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um... She's just gonna go without the pearl today. Okay. Uh, and she I'm wants afraid... her noisy cricket. Okay. I actually uh, did these wrong on D and D Beyond and D&D forgot that Beyond. goggles of night actually do not require. Oh, does the rope of colors? Did that require attunement? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Uh, let me see. Uh, it does. Yeah, it does. Okay. okay. I am going to take off the pearl and put on the dagger. Okay. Travancore, was there anything you wanted to do in advance, or were you just going to spend some time with Shadow and then head off? I mean, all I have is the Dragon's Blood, and the Dragon's Blood is more useful for Shadow, so Travancore is probably going to hold on to it and say that for whatever comes next. Okay. All right. You all have a very telepathic bond. You've basically cast this, and the group are standing in an alleyway around the corner from the main drag that's going to lead up to the the city of the dead. So you're out of sight of the gates, so that uh, when the four of you move forward, there isn't a, a group of armed men and women with you. As you're about to round the corner and and head that way, I need Bucks to make a stealth check. Because I'm assuming that the four of you are just walking up, but that he is trying to stealth. 
Bellbox goes. He is going to get a 16. Okay. As you approach the gates, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're just walking up to the front gates? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. As you get within about 10, 15 feet. (gasps) We did get pastries, right? If you would like to have gotten pastries, you could have gotten pastries from somewhere that wasn't the Golden Rock Tavern. What kind of pastries did you get? At least one apple tart. Yeah, at least one apple tart because of this fucker right here. Um, <laughs> we know we Love like go too. in and Bernie's like, "Ooh, she's Danish," and over there, Travancore's like, "You got any apple tarts?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "It's like when you go to like, it's like when you go anywhere with like your uncle or grandfather who like only eats like one thing, and you're like, let's try a new cuisine." papa and they're like you go somewhere and they're like he's like can you give me a reuben and you're just like no we're here to we're here to expand our palate and yet still you may be at a chinese place and a reuben appears on the table and that's that's, oh my god that's literally how it is in san antonio everywhere has a chicken fried steak (laughs) you can go to a place where they don't speak english the menu is entirely in Spanish, and somewhere on there is chicken fried steak in English. In fairness, I think Travancore having apples is him actually enjoying, because haven't we, haven't it's we? It's exotic we, food for him, right? Yeah, it is there are no apples in Perconums. So. But it's nope. like, okay, <laughs> no so apples. let's rephrase it. It's yeah. like your granddad goes to this one restaurant and thinks he now, he's like, this is the dish of your people. And they're like, No. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you get half cheese danishes and half apple tarts. We also get we get a variety. Okay, sure. So we'll who's carrying the box of pastries? Bernie. Yo. She... Oh, okay. Bernie can carry it. That's fine. Bernie All paid right. for it because she said she'd pay for breakfast. So she is not without manners. But she gets a separate box for the apple tarts and hands it to Travangor and says, right. "Here you grow, grandfather." So we have a box of apple tarts and a box of of a variety pack as you approach. Uh, When you get to about 15 feet from within the gate, you hear a voice call out to you, even though none of you at the moment see anybody. You hear a voice call out, but it's also like Soto Voce. It's very... Voice of God. uh, Well, in this case, I mean like understated, trying to keep from being too loud without being loud. You hear someone call out. That's far enough. Hi! We're here to see Ving. We brought breakfast. There's this long pause as I roll. And then the gates before you, they're kind of, they're the stylized type of entranceway to a park that you would see that are not really able to keep anyone out, but they've been closed in this case. They leverage open inward. And from the side, you see... A kobold come out, come walking out. Reddish scales, dark armor, leather armor, has a couple of daggers at her side and is regarding you very carefully and says, All right, follow me. And she very intentionally turns her back on you and starts to walk into the City of the Dead. Do you follow? Travancore and his apple tarts follow. Yep, going on in. Bernie shrugs at Jonathan and follows. Yeah, Jonathan, um, as we're walking in, Mage Armor. As you cast that, she pauses for just like, you see her like hitch her movements for just a second, and then she continues. So it's obvious she's noticed that you've cast that, but doesn't seem to have any qualms about it. 
Uh, are you just following her? Yeah. I would like to perception check. Bernie would like to see if she can see what's up. Like, basically, I think, like, honestly, for her, it's very, she wants to, A, look for undead, but she wants to see the change that's gone from, like, graveyard and holy place to what it is now. Sure. Like, and she also wants to see who's watching them. Sure. Go ahead and roll a perception check. And I'm going to be relaying to Aras. All right, so they just let us into the gate. We are making our way to the meeting point. We are keeping an eye on the things. Bucks kind of chimes in. Oh, oh yes, I am. I, I, I am. I am flying uh, several hundred uh, feet above. I can see all of you. Uh, good luck. Uh, I will, but I, I don't, I'm not signing off. Oh, oh no. Oh, I, I, I will, I will keep in contact. I'm a nervous talker. Oh, what'd you roll, Bernie? Well, Bernie, with all her bonuses, got a seven, so she don't see shit. Okay. Oh no. Well, you don't see much. I mean, the problem is it is pitch dark. So even with your dark vision, there's only so far that you can see. You don't see anyone watching. You do come across some graves that are disturbed. Uh, that have obviously lost their inhabitants. But you don't see anyone besides this cobalt who is leading you forward. Bernie's gonna nudge Travancore with her elbow. She's just gonna hit him. She's gonna she's gonna forget that she can talk to him telepathically <laughs> and make him <laughs> and she's just gonna nudge him like like look around like like okay. like what do you see? I, yeah, Travancore is gonna be like, alright, I'll pick I, and Intel Bond. He's going to tell Bernie, okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down, and Travancore would also like to roll a perception check, even though passing around checks is something maybe we shouldn't do that often, but whatever, it's an important, it's, uh... I think she's trying to figure shit out, and she knows he's, like, Mr. Yeah. Tracker extraordinaire. That's fine. That's in story reason for it, that's fine. And she's, she, in the tell, she remembers the tell back and goes, and goes what is your, el- what are your elf eyes? Alright, yeah, so Travancore is going to... My eyes! My precious tra- eyes! It's going to roll a perception Save check. Go for it, Travancore. I have special eyes! Look! He does have special Look eyes! Look with your special well, that eyes! Was, that was the elbow of Queen Bay herself, because 19. Okay. Nice. And then Bernie goes, my brand! In the telepathic <laughs> box. <laughs> well, okay. Such dank memes in this call. Jeez. This is only a uh, fun fact for everybody out there who's, like, getting this. I did this to Steven. I told him to look with his special eyes and he thought I had gone fucking insane <laughs> because they don't have the same kind of commercials in Canada, which we all knew. But like, I just assumed 1-800-CONTACTS was a thing up here. It's it's not. Here's the best part. This telepathic bond is very normal for all of us. Aras is also <laughs> on this. And the yeah. first time he's like, what the fuck? is going to have questions. I knew they were weirdos, but I didn't know how weird. Our yeah. ass is poor ass is like, God, my God, we're trusting the fate of our cities. <laughs> Actually, to tell you the truth, and Jonathan would know this, and I think the rest of you do too, Aras used to be someone who was an adventurer, was a mercenary, and so he's actually less surprised by this weirdness than you think. Uh, but he will, he will remain respectfully quiet as Travancore, with your 19, you, you see the disturbed graves, obviously. You see that you are being led down one of the paths for that are in the City of the Dead to what you were told is to the largest mausoleum. And certainly the place that you were going to is one of the larger ones that you know of 
that's not actually off the path. So it's not like you're going to have to go deep into the city of the dead. Uh, you don't see any undead. Like you don't see any shambling creatures or anything. But as you get, you'll be the first one to notice this, I'll say, as you're still several minutes, several moments away from getting to this mausoleum, you see two things. You see a figure sitting on top of the mausoleum that is another kobold. Think you see behind the mausoleum another figure, large, hairy. There's no moonlight, so it's hard to get any discerning features, but there's something else sitting behind that mausoleum. And the kobold that is leading you is leading you towards that mausoleum. You still have maybe like 45 seconds before you're going to be close enough to converse on a, on a comfortable level. So you have time to relay this and anything else any of you want to do. Yep, I relay all that. So it's also possible Vang traded one sugar daddy for another. Bernie's going to put her hand on Travancore's elbow and go, But with those apple tarts, you'll be his sugar daddy soon. <laughs> Is that large to hairy thing? Does it have tentacles? A Travancore, you don't see any tentacles. You're catching like you had a keen enough perception to catch what is obviously a large creature behind the mausoleum that isn't completely behind. So you think you're getting like a side or a shoulder or something. It's just enough that you know that something's there and, and you see the hair coming out. But you can't, you don't see any specific limbs or anything. It's just barely visible behind where you're coming to the mausoleum. Can't really tell. It could be a Frenderson for all I know. All right. <laughs> they did say there were demons. It's hairy. Yeah. Whatever that creature is. It's definitely know hairy. hairy demons. It's hairy and it's large. That's kind of all I got this dark and th this far away at this dark. As you approach at one point when you get within about 70 feet of this mausoleum, basically you're on the path and the mausoleum is like 70 feet out into the grassy area. That's where the cobalt that has been leading you stops and turns around and gives you all a very sharp look and says just stay right here don't come any closer and everything will be fine okay okay we never got your name and that was very rude of us yes hi i'm bernice i'm carlton travancore jonathan the muscular. she gives you a very like long look trying to gauge you can you can very clearly see she's trying to figure out is this some kind of weird ploy is this a bit? <laughs> is this like some weird, like, should I, should I tell them? Should I not tell them? And then finally she says, Valessa. Ooh, it's a nice name. And then with that, she turns around. Valessa, tell them we brought treats and I will save you one. <laughs> she doesn't say anything. She just turns around and starts to walk towards the mausoleum. And as she reaches the foot of it and takes up what is very obviously a defensive position. The figure that you now all see on the top of the mausoleum stands up. And you haven't seen Veng Ashstalker in a very long time, but it is very obviously him. He is still very small, but he's obviously healed up from the last time you saw him. He seems to be in armor that seems to be pretty nice armor this time, unlike the last time you saw him. And uh, everybody roll me a perception check. And tell me if you get over an 18. Oh. Anybody? Bernie got another 7. Uh, Yay! Let's see. <laughs> uh, Carlton, Carlton got a 22 with his perception. Okay. 
with his special eyes. Yeah. Bless no one else. Bay. No one else got over an eighteen. <laughs> nope. Nope. Okay. No. Uh, Carlton. He is holding at his side, not at the ready, but at his side, a rod that you think you've seen some other magic type users using. You don't know enough about magical implements to discern anything other than that, but it's, you know, the same way all of you have your weapons kind of just there and ready to grab. He's He's got this rod. And as he stands up, he calls out to you. So I figured I owed you one. And I trusted that this wasn't going to be just you coming to try to assassinate me. So here we are. What? I brought and here we are. pastry. Because we could have done this over pancakes. Yeah, but for uh, reasons I didn't want to do it at in the morning. I, this this makes a little oh, more right, sense. Oh, specialized. Also, still worried about a trap. You can't blame well, me, right? You do know the Golden Rock Tavern's like... In your territory. In your territory. In the current territory in which you're living. And it makes good pancakes. Unless you... Unless the ownership has changed and you know something about new management that we don't. Is the food bad now? You'd have to ask someone else about the specifics of who owns what now. I'm not taking care of that. That's right. You're a leader. Leaders delegate. You've done well for yourself, Vang. Yeah. Vang, what the fuck, man? Okay, okay. okay. Oh, well, Jonathan, what the fuck, man? Have a cheese Danish, Jonathan. And Bernie's gonna <laughs> shove a cheese Danish towards Jonathan. <laughs> so, okay, so so Bernie, the, in, re, in frame, the cheese Danish comes in and, and Jonathan, like, you know, is still looking at Bing and goes, Bing. and just doesn't use his hands, just uses his mouth muscles Ow, to eat the whole thing. Bing, would you like a cheese Danish? We also have apple tarts because our grandpa likes them. There's a very long pause as like, so Jonathan does this exclamation and then eats a cheese Danish and Ben goes, then responds with an exclamation and then all of this happens and there's a very long pause. Bernie, roll a persuasion check. Oh God, please tell me I'm going to do, wait, no. Persuasion. Tell me I will do better on persuasion. Probably not the way this night's going. 14? 14 is enough for a cheese Danish. The cheese Danish of, of which I've eaten one from the batch already. You said you had apple? Oh, you yeah. have apple. I, Travancore opens one up and uh, gives it to one of Vang's lieutenants or whoever can take it to Vang, or if Vang's close enough to take it, he can certainly help Vang himself. is like 40 feet up right. in the air on top of yeah. this thing. Is there a well, reason you're on the roof, Vang? Uh, uh, traps. Mostly traps. Are you trapped? Do you need help? No. One time, one time Carlton did paint himself into a corner, and you would think that that would not... Well, actually, you've met Carlton... No, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to keep distance just in case somebody decides this all needs to go wrong. Valessa, would you? And the kobold that had introduced herself stalks forward as Travancore. You've opened up this box of apple tarts, and she peers in and takes one. Valessa, take one for yourself, dear. I will eat one from the apple box to show that they're not poisonous. She actually, when Bernie says that, she just will just take a bite out of the one that she's grabbed and then back up and hold up what's left. And Jonathan, you would know what a mage hand is as a mage hand. <laughs> Grabs it and picks it up and brings it to Vang, who stuffs it very quickly in his mouth. And so Vang. You all have an awkward moment of chewing. It's been a while. What you been up to, bud? Oh, you know, learning how to 
cohesively make an army. That's look, a- all right. And Jonathan and Muscular are still angry. Doing He's like, look, we I had a conversation. Oh, this is really burning. This is fantastic. Good Cheese job. sandwiches are great. There I got are. a few okay. that are also We had a berry. conversation about, about agency and and make being a leader for your people. How the fuck does that like turn into oh I'm gonna raise an army of the dead? God damn this is good. And and invade a city. I got agent I learned agency and I became a leader because someone needed to have the power to be able to protect everybody and that ended up being me. Ving you know if you had just come to the city they would have made a place for you, everyone. Why? Everybody keeps coming down into the Underdark and attacking us anyway. You came and attacked. Uh, we just came back and took what we thought was ours. And now we've got enough and it'll be fine. What's, what happened in the Underdark that you left? It was dangerous and it sucks. And there's <laughs> constantly stuff going on down there. Once I got the power to be able to get us all out of there, that's, we decided that we were going to take over someplace that made a lot more sense. I mean, it's bright here during the day, but we'll deal with that. That's fine. Is bright is bright a problem? Is yeah, that- usually you know that, and you would know, Bernie, that kobolds uh, got special eyes. That kobolds uh, are one of several races that, because they normally live underground, uh, they are sensitive to sunlight, and so in the middle of the night they're great, or underground they're great, but in direct sunlight they have problems seeing. Then, do you do you want to live here peacefully? Well, eventually, once once everybody stops attacking. We've taken Maybe. over a little slice, and now it's ours. And if, if they they've stopped attacking, so we've stopped attacking, and it's ours now. That's how well, this works. They and stopped attacking because we asked them to. Yes, and um, this was already somebody's. Yeah, and it's ours now. Can I have another one, Bernie? Real quick. Oh yeah, actually, if okay. it's gonna make you less cranky, go ahead. That's fine. It's helping a little. There's one <laughs> cinnamon roll in there, and if you eat it, I'll kill you. Fair. No, that's fair. Uh, but so you're 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 just continuing the cycle, right? This is just one another conquest. Eventually, people are gonna get tired to remember that this was theirs. They're gonna come back and kill everyone, and then the survivors are gonna slink away. They're gonna raise another army, and they're gonna come back. Keeps going over and over. We don't have to do this. We we can stop the cycle, but you can't just take what people already. What are, what's already theirs? Why not? We do that all the time. Yeah, but it's not going to fly here. Yeah, not just that, but at some point, you have to defend against someone trying to take it back. And you might win, and you might lose. So the safe bet is probably to, to come to a, some sort of mutual accommodation where you where you guys are able to come to some sort of compromise. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe these people are happy to uh, to give you their stuff, but you don't know that. You didn't ask. No, I'm assuming they're not very happy, but that wasn't their choice. We took we took this over. We take. That's what you do. You, if you're more powerful, if you're more powerful, then you get to take stuff. And I I said not to kill anyone who wasn't fighting us, so they could just leave. But we're more powerful, and so we took. That's that's how this works. How'd you become more powerful? Ving, that's not how power works. It isn't. And he like motions around him to the area that you assume is what he's taken over and says, this is exactly how it worked. You said to go get the power I, that we needed in order to have our own agency. And that's what I did. 
And now we're in charge instead of a dragon. But now you've taken the way of the, the agency of the people who have lived here. Yeah. Um, our friend, Gestock, I mean, does he even own his place anymore? We don't know. He used to make really good pancakes, you asshole! Look, Vang, everyone who is standing around me right now, Carlton, Bernie, and Travancore, we all are powerful. We earned it. We learned. We, we made mistakes, and we, we tried to be better because of them. This is not better, Vang. The, this is, you, there's some sort of shortcut you've taken. And that won't end well. I don't know. It's gone really great so far. It's not going to end. And jo- Jonathan's eyes flash blue. And, and Bernie his, uh, hands his him hands another glow. cheese danish. Yeah, Travancore raises his hand. This won't end well. Cheese he wants danish to, into the mouth. Into and the I, mouth. And Travancore wants to roll an inside check on Vang. Sure. What are you? Go ahead and roll and tell me what are you trying to ascertain. I want to see well how much Vang believes what he's saying. Whether it seems like he's under the control of an on uh, the influence of a being, like what his motivations is, just sort of get behind the what he's saying. So read between the lines a little bit. Sure. So eighteen. Okay. You get a couple things. You get a little bit of confusion at the arguments. You get the sense his. I'm stronger and we're stronger. And so we've taken what we need and we want. That's, he doesn't see that as a evil or a, a bad thing. That's just the way people survive in the Underdark. And so he's, con- there's a little bit of confusion as you're all know, you can't do that. And he's like, yeah, I did. You don't get the sense of him being controlled, but you do watch as he's talking about this power that he's gained to be able to, to lead his people and fight back and take what they want he's gripping the rod at his side pretty tightly and there is a bit of hubris in that like yeah i did this and i'm pretty awesome he's, he's got some ego behind okay. it then i think the mistake oh Brittany, you want to do something i'm sorry after she stuffs a uh <laughs> Another cheese sandwich into JMM's mouth. Bernie's gonna start angrily eating that cinnamon roll. Well, Travancore is gonna say, I think Veng, the mistake we're making is we're treating you like the same thing we saw before. I, I see the change in you. I can recognize it. You're the leader of a sovereign people now. And you know, I understand what that's like and what your responsibilities are to your people and to make sure they have a better life for themselves. That's what leaders do. And I understand that the way of the Underdark is to take what you can. The problem is, sooner or later, someone's going to take back. It might not be Waterdeep, it might be somebody else, and then you're right back to square one, and then and then who do you lose in the process? Do you lose Valesa? And I'm not going to take anything from you, Vang, but someone else might. So it might behoove you to see if there's a way that doesn't involve constantly having to defend your turf, because sooner or later, someone bigger comes along. It's just the rule of the jungle, man. And I think you know that on some level. I, I know that on all levels. It is. I mean, someone bigger is right behind the building. Shut up, Carlton. He gives you a curious look and says, actually, he looks at you as you say this, Carlton. And he looks back at Travancore and he says, so you're talking about making allies. Well, it seems to me the case. If you're, you've got neighbors and you have, you have allies, then it solidifies your position. 
it makes gives you less pressure on you to defend what you have and perhaps to rely on an army of the undead, which might not be the best approach to it, especially if you plan on doing things above ground for, for a while. It works differently up here, and it might behoove you to know just sort of how things work and just so you don't have to rely on brute strength all the time. But I've already made allies. Oh? Who are your allies? Well, let's just say that there were allies that were left behind that were very happy to offer us some assistance. And Vang looks back at Carlton and says, Don't worry too much. It's just there for protection in case this was a trap. Were you planning on attacking? I wasn't. My shoot, my sword is sheathed. Like, well, then- you know me. I come in guns blazing. He does. I mean, sword swinging, because guns don't exist. Well, then you don't have to worry. Good now my curiosity is piqued. Well, don't be. What are you offering? Power is not a zero-sum game thing. Not up here. I understand that you took this and it's yours, but is that is that how you want to live forever? You're, you will If you continue this way, you will never, ever... Be free from defending what is yours. The people of Waterdeep would be willing to live side by side in peace. They would carve out a space for you to live with them. I'm sure they'd even make you some really great blackout curtains. But if you play power as a zero-sum game, Travancore is right. You will lose. I don't want you to lose, Vang. I would... Look, I had to go to the goddamn Feywild, and these assholes went to hell for a little while, but in between that, we actually spent some time in the Underdark on the other side of a couple lines of latitude. I get it. It's shitty down there, and you've lived your life this way, but you don't have to. You came up here. You had to know you're in the minority. You had to know. You're not an idiot. Don't play this game this way. Don't lose, Vang. Don't lose, because because if you play the way you're playing, you will lose. You could. What does winning look like? Does winning just look like fighting all the time, or does winning look like something else? It could look like something else, Vang. What can it look like? Tell me. Tell me specifics. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make idle champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on July 14th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. 
open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. F-A-I-L-D-I-G-S-B-O-T-A. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. In the telepathic bond, I'd be like, I might actually have a decent idea. My ancestral home, back where we cleared out the rot demon, is far enough away from some of the other civilizations. We could, there were caves and caverns and stuff like that that would be good for their special eyes. We can have them, and my people are wiped out. It is free real estate. If we can get him to give up the undead army and promise not to go marauding, we have a home space for them where they will not be bothered. Everybody thinks it's abandoned. Nobody goes there. Oh, well, we have to check that it's really abandoned before we offer that up. Also, we have to emphasize that the Army of the Undead is a non-starter. That's, that's gotta go. As, as you have this conversation in your head, what Veng has asked is, you've come to try to convince us to leave. So, convince us. Give me specifics. Don't just tell me that this isn't the way I want to live. Because, you know what? I kind of like living like this. I got all this power. I, I got... I got all this food. I got all these places to live. It's great. We've won. It's great. So if you want to convince me that there's something else that's even better, I need to hear more than just I should give up what I fought for. Who makes the food, Ving? Is it food you found? Or do somebody make it? Does anybody know how to make anything? It's a little bit of both. Because nothing else is getting grown. Nothing else is getting sold. Nothing else is coming in. As long as this and... Yeah, it's all this is here. It's one thing to win. It's another thing to thrive. And if you're able to bring in the people, or at least as many of the people as you can as you as as have been displaced, then you have an economy going. You have something to enrich you, and you have what you have. What you're okay with now, but you could become powerful. You could become a noble of Waterdeep. You could have riches. You could have whoa, your whoa, people whoa, thrive. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, uh, as uh, as that starts going off in your head, it's like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't make this promise. Well, why yeah, can't you think be rich? If, if, if we're able to make an arrangement where... How, how, how like, how uh, willing would a noble be to just let another noble just come in? If the alternative is having a quarter of the city occupied by an army of the undead, they'll, they'll find a way to make it work. The alternative is burning a quarter of the city down. Yeah. Well... If they'd rather burn it than, than welcome Vang, I mean, that's that's something else. But I'm saying, like, you could let people in, in theory, and then keep a little piece of it. Like, I, I can't imagine that the nobles of Waterdeep would rather destroy a quarter of the city than let no- kobolds in there. Do you know that? But that's hard to do, <laughs> Vang. Well, but as as a noble, you know, but at the end of the day, Travacor's a realist. He doesn't think that every single person who got displaced is going to get their house back in this deal. He sort of let that ship sail, whether that's right or wrong. But Travancore also knows what what leaders need to secure the prosperity of of their people. And more to the point, Vang, like, if you have- Why do leaders have to be- Bernie goes, why do leaders have to be rich in order to secure the prosperity of their people? Has it ever happened otherwise? Yes, it has. Vang speaks up at this point and says, do the two of you need to, like, go talk some stuff out and come back? Listen, Vang, the army of the undead's gotta go. That's that's not gonna happen- In a civilized... And that's what I was building towards. It's hard to build prosperity for yourself when you have things that are blocking that, that prosperity, that, that security. 
And, you know, you might think this army is keeping you safe, but really it's a liability. It's, it's uniting everyone against you. So you're suggesting I get rid of half of my army and then what? Then we can talk. Then maybe you keep what you have. Then the discussion can happen. But as long as zombies and other foul abominations roam the streets of Waterdeep, it's not happening. So you came here to order me to get rid of half of the army that is keeping your people at bay before you'll even talk to me. No one's ordering anyone to do anything. We came to you as friends because we we were with you. And it's a courtesy. We came to talk. We came to figure out the best way for you to secure the what you ultimately want for your people. Security. Well, can we agree at least on that much that you want security for your people? But I need more than just a promise that there will be talks once half of my army is gone. The reason that there is talking right now is because I have an army. Let's be honest. Well, what if you just come? Like, you don't know that. You decided to invade because that's the way it works down there. Not necessarily realizing it might be different up here. You don't know what you could have gotten. This is not untrue, but what is past is past. We have True. taken and we have an army. And I have to deal with the consequences of that decision, whether or not it was the best one or not. And so far, it's been okay. So tell me, what are you offering in exchange for the end of the undead? Let's figure out a way to secure what you've gained in some way, shape, or form. Let's set up a meeting with the, uh, the Lords of Waterdeep, the people that are in a position to secure you. Whether that's mixed community, whether it's making sure that you have enough housing and settlements for, for everyone in your community, less the undead, and allowing as many people who were displaced as possible to, to get their homes back, or, or ultimately if prosperity builds enough, and make sure they have new homes. I think there's a win-win situation here. We don't have to think of it as a, as a pie that, well, there's only people. What we need to do is expand the pie. Go ahead and make a persuasion check with advantage. A very, very important persuasion check. Given with advantage because of everything everybody has said. Okay. 17. There's a moment in where it looks like Veng is about to talk. He's about to just respond immediately to you. And then you watch as the, the kobold that had led you on in, who'd been standing at the ready under, like, against the, the side of the wall of the mausoleum. She taps on it. And you hear tap, tap, tap. And it's loud enough that you can all hear it. She's not trying to hide. And it's obvious that he hears it too. And he opens his mouth to say something and then he closes it fast enough that after this tapping, you hear his, his kobold uh, extended muzzle snap shut. And then he gives you another look and he says, where would we meet? Golden Rock Tavern for pancakes? No. I... Honestly, that seems like a, de a good enough place. Or it's actually, got no, we should probably actually do the no-go zone. Yeah, no, I, I'm saying this in a telepathic bond. Uh, I actually think that the Golden Rock might be a, a good idea. Uh, Gestock could be the very test case of what we're dealing with here. Someone who had something and now may or may not have it. If he still has it and is willing to live in Cobalt Town, then... Maybe he can speak for a coexistence. And we also probably, if we're going to still be diplomatic, have it tomorrow night. 
Cobalt City sounds... Or tomorrow evening, at Cobalt least, once the sun goes down. I said Cobalt Doesn't Town. have to be midnight. I like, yeah, I like the Ash Stalker District. That has not a better ring to it. No, 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 because that 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 rewards him for his violence. If I, I, I'm willing to let the people of uh, his people not bear that burden, but I refuse to reward him for coming up here and killing people. We can just call it K-Town. Who will you bring to have this discussion? And in your head, as soon as that happens, for the first time, you hear Aras. <laughs> and Arasic says, the Blackstaff, get him to agree to have the Blackstaff there. Get him to agree to have the Blackstaff there. The Blackstaff. We will invite the Blackstaff on behalf of the people of Waterdeep. And this person is someone who can make some of these decisions? Absolutely. Yes. They are. They sent us here to make introductions to get this meeting so that they because they want a peaceful resolution as do we all. Midnight at the Golden Rock Tavern. You four, the Blackstaff, me, my lieutenants. Agreed. I would put one caveat. Also, Gestock, so that way we can have food over this meeting. If he's still there, sure. But we kicked out most of the non. Right, I just didn't want to like have because it's always good to treat over a treat get it yeah what we're talking about is potential integration in the name of enriching and securing the cobalt community and this may take several hours and if we have a stock there to cook for you you get a little taste of what that would be both literally and figuratively his pancakes are awesome right i think if he's if we can find him yes if, if it's okay we'd want to we'd want to bring him to this meeting too since it would be in what was his livelihood and his home and his home Oh, and do you know what happened to the horses that were there? Personally, no. I haven't, like Travancore said, like delegation. I can find out, but no. You'll, you'll find out. because right, those yeah. are our horses. Well, no. we'll figure it out. That's why we're here. Like, they're ours and they're theirs. We'll figure it out. Just want to make sure the horses are safe. Well, so if you could let us know by the next time we meet, that'd be great. Well, we're, we're the idea is we're going to meet there, so you'll just be able to right. see for yourself, see right? Me. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. Fine. I agree to these terms. All right. We will see you tomorrow at midnight. And uh, Bernie's going to go up and give the last of the box of treats to Valessa. And she's going to say, I imagine you're up here because you woke up in fear every single day down there. Do you really want to follow a course of action that's going to leave you waking up in fear every single day up here? That's what winning looks like. No more fear. Uh, Roll a quick persuasion check. Bernie. 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 She takes the box of pastries and says, thank you. And okay. Bernie's just going to turn and walk away. Yep, we all skedaddle. Not skedaddle, that, that implies speed. As long as, you, I'll say this, as long as you're walking back the way you came, you will. You can move pretty much as fast as you want. Nobody's going to accost you. In the Telbond. No, also, we're gonna I would say this is a Telbond because power move. Telbond is the is the uh, generic shit that uh, JMM packs. This is Telescent Communications Incorporated. <laughs> this is like uh, their rename. telepathic bond. <laughs> uh, I go, hey, Bucks, and Jonathan, if you're okay with Bucks doing it, do you think you might be able to get a glimpse of what's behind the mausoleum so we know who his allies are? Oh, oh I, I will endeavor to try. One, one second. Ooh. And uh, Bucks is going to try and get a, get, he's going to, he's going to look up. He's going to try and see where the moon is. There's no moon. Try and, there's no moon? Okay, It great. is really dark. He's going to try and fly 
on whisper soft wings and see what was behind the mausoleum get a good look at the back line as it were all right the creature that creature that we only saw the hair of <laughs> i so as you are walking away and you get within hun- uh or no it's because it's a telbound sorry describe to me the route he wants to take hi but directly over or is he gonna go the long way around he's gonna like uh kind of skirt that and try and get a, a look from the side and up so like a diagonal diagonal down look okay and and he, see, so he's going to try and stay as far as away as he can without, you know, basically out of weapons range, as it were, because he can see pretty far. How far away would he like to stay up high? How what what elevation would he like to be at? I mean, owls can see from like five hundred to a thousand feet away, right? It's some insane distance, although he can only fly so high. So I'll leave it up to you how, obviously, the further away he is, the less details he'll get, but the safer he will be. So I'll leave it up uh, to you. He's going to go ahead and even it out at about 300 feet. Okay. I need him to roll a, per- I, I want him to roll a stealth check and a perception check in that order. Okay. Stealth coming up. Uh, 14. And then perception with his keen sight. 21. Okay. Here's what happens. As you are leaving and you get to the gate, Bucks is winging his way up and over and he is very quiet and he's being as stealthy as he can. He can just barely see the two kobolds, Vang and Valesa down below. And as he is winging his way over and you have all moved basically to the gate, so out of sight, you can see Vang, he can see Vang jump down from his position and the two kobolds start to speak. You can't hear what they're saying. You can just see that they're they're talking in hushed tones. And as he flies on over the mausoleum and gets a fairly good look at a very large creature, he can see it's it's a literal large creature. It's got it almost looks like a large ape in a way. It's got the the hunched furred uh, hide. It's standing on two feet, but it's hunched over a little bit. Some pretty large tusks in its mouth. And it is uh, just kind of standing there, holding these massive fists at its side. It's not facing the mausoleum, it's facing away from the mausoleum. And what you now see is that what Travancore saw was basically the side of its arm. Like this dark reddish fur with bluish highlights that are definitely a little unnatural um but it's just standing there kind of very slowly easing its way from foot to foot to foot to foot it's it seems to be just staring straight ahead not dead-eyed but like it's it's actively waiting for something bucks wings his way over and then is coming on back and as he's coming on back the the two kobolds have finished whatever discussion that they were having and this creature then lumbers out from behind the mausoleum tush 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 and as the two of them start to walk away and they're walking south kind of perpendicular to the direction you were going this creature starts to follow vang just like 20 feet behind tush 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 and bucks as he's heading back towards you, makes eye contact with Valesa, looks up directly into his eyes, and she gives him a, a, just a very quick look, and then continues to follow Veng. And Bucks wings his way back towards you, 
And that's where we'll end for this evening. And the next time <laughs> oh, we get together, it. I'll say it's probably going to be the next morning as you're chatting with a bunch of people to try to convince everybody to try to work out a, a deal with everybody. But let me give you some experience first. For a lot of really good questions for Aras, for deciding on uh, this specific course of action, because there were, there were, there were a bunch of things you could have done, and this was an interesting thing for bringing pastries, which I <laughs> thought was very nice. Uh, I'm going to give you a total of five thousand five hundred experience to split between the four of you. And the next Huzzah. time we get together, it will be the next morning, and it'll, you'll have about. 14, 15 hours to put together a, a plan to meet at the Golden Rock Tavern with the Blackstaff and a bunch Our, of cold can, dogs. Can we have 15 more experience each, please? <laughs> 15, like, 1-5? One 1-5 five? One five each, please? No. <laughs> we, had really, we had really, really good roleplay. You did. You did. But you're not going to be able to have another long rest yet, so no, it doesn't matter. It'll does be the it? next morning we'll get a long rest. No, you're not going to take another long rest. You just had a long rest. Oh, the, the morning. Oh, okay, No, gotcha. you're not going back to sleep. You just had a long rest. You literally did. That's why I mentioned the, you're going to you're gonna be on, your circadian rhythms are going to be off for a little bit. So it will be the okay, next morning. Are we at nine, 99,985? Yep. All right. You're 15 points away from next level. So I'll work on my level 11 and then we'll have a level 12 for next week. <laughs> there you go. We'll have a level 12 for our. For uh, RTX. Yeah. 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 You're assuming that we're going to. No, never mind. Survive. Yeah. <laughs> if we, if we You're assuming that Laura's going to at least give us 15 experience each. Careful Laura's diplomacy. Laura's going to give us 14 experience each just to fuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's gonna happen. No, no. That's maybe. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.